Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Good morning, afternoon and evening everyone. Welcome to the Game Week 7 pod of the FPL Wire, powered by Dreamset Go. I'm your host Zofa and I'm joined as always by my buddy Big Man Bucket. How's it going buddy? Thanks for having me on Zof. Um, decent Game Week, 49 points. Um, not too much to talk about, honestly. Um, my moves were successful. I, I got in Saar and Antonio for uh, Ferran and Bamford. That worked out fairly well, but it's overall an average score and I haven't really made any any gains or lost too much ground. So it's it's nothing it's it's not a game which will stay long in the memory. What about you, Pranil? Sarko, by the way, was so frustrating as a non-owner. He got nothing really? that entire game. And then the man scores off a bloody corner. I'm like, come on, I've avoided people getting star points for so long and that happens. Uh, yeah, uh, pretty average game week. I got 48 minus 4. It would have been much worse if I was on Ronaldo captain. Thankfully, I was on uh, Salah captain, but uh, feeling very, very hard done by because FPL has become so competitive that you have very few opportunities to make uh, grounds on your competition. And uh, I wanted to pull closer to both of you, but... Uh, couldn't because Salah decided to miss two of the big opportunities that he had. I thought he switched off a little uh, after he scored his 100th goal because it was sort of like a landmark goal. So, would have, would have been nice to get maybe 7-8 points more there. That's all. But uh, no complaints. Uh, probably going to be wildcarding, I think, like you, Bakar, on Saturday. Looking forward to that. Okay. That's that's great. I, I hope I hold uh, hold my horses hold till, till Saturday because I'm because, <laughs> because I'm not sure whether I can. I'll be Monday, Tuesday. I'm wildcarding because every 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 single day of the week I'm I'm tempted to wildcard. This has been going on for uh, the past month or so now, honestly, and um, I, I don't know how how 
uh, how I've held off. I mean, I've I've shown a remarkable amount of restraint. You can ask Zoff, and he he's going to testify to the fact that um, this has been a very hard process for me. But thankfully, uh, I mean, I'm happy with my team still, and I think if everything goes well, I'll I'll hold off uh, for another week. Uh, keeping things wild every day for the last thirty days and managing to hold off is an admirable quality, Bakar. Oh, shut up! What is off? How was your week? Decent, fifty points. Small green arrow. Ronaldo, captain. I was quite surprised he wasn't on penalties, but shout out to Emmy Martinez. That was elite shit housery. I've never seen something like that. Somebody's taking a penalty, pointing to the other guy. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'll tell you what. Even as a United fan, I wasn't too pissed off watching that. I genuinely wasn't. I thought that was admirable. I thought it was awesome. I was okay with uh, that miss also because we didn't deserve to get anything out of that game. Uh, we'll talk about that when we talk about the United performance. Uh, so yeah, it it was brilliant, brilliant with Emmy, and uh, I wouldn't back anybody to score against him. The shit he just gets into the opposition's head so badly. He's done that to Messi as well. So. Mm. Cool. Let's get yeah. kick. Let's kick off. Sponsors first. Dreamset Go is a global portal for fans to gain access to sporting events around the world. Accommodation, flight tickets, hospitality, stadium visits—everything can be tailored exactly to your requirements. They also do celebrity experiences, which include masterclasses with your favorite sports celebrity, or something as simple as birthday shoutouts. You can find links to the products in the description below. They're also tying up with some top-notch Premier League clubs, which we will announce shortly. Also, we're affiliated with Fantasy Football Scout. All the stats that you see on the pod are from the FFS members area. If you aren't a member already, click on the link in the description below and become a member. We've also started a Patreon since a year. Uh, if you want to support us, just log on to patreon.com forward slash the FPL wire. All of our content is going to remain free. This is just to support us and uh, uh, give us some money so that we can uh, upgrade the production value that we provide to you. Cool. Let's get started. Right. Who do we have first off? Chelsea, Man City. Unfortunately, it was a horrible <laughs> game. I think Tuchel got his team selection quite wrong. He should have played Havertz. With Mount not playing, City completely smothered our midfield. We had no form of attacking threat whatsoever. Let's talk about it from an FPL standpoint. Not really much to gain from this game. A lot of people are worried about Alonso losing his space uh, spot on the back of this performance. I think nobody in the team covered themselves in glory. I think Bar Mendy. So you can't really say this guy had a poor performance. This guy had a bad performance. Not much. Everything is as it is. Do you think Mendy Alonso keeps his spot though going forward? Now this is an interesting question. There, I think there's more to discuss in this. Now let's earlier before this game, I went on Breakfast Club and Mark had brought in Alonso. So we were discussing what would make him confident that Alonso would be starting for Southampton. So we discuss if Chelsea win against Man City and let's say Chilwell starts against Juventus, Alonso probably starts. But now I think it's a bit trickier. I think yeah. our first choice team now plays against Juventus. After a loss, right? You can't take a risk of two back-to-back losses or two back-to-back drop points. I think our strongest eleven goes out against Juventus. So, I think that's an indicator. If you see Chilwell in that starting eleven, it's a bit of a cause for concern. Yeah, I think that there's more cause for concern if Chilwell is starting the Juventus game rather than if Alonso is starting the Juventus game. Correct. Absolutely spot on. But that being said, I think against Southampton, also you will see the first choice eleven because there also we need three points before the international break. 
having played quite poorly in the home game before that. Your thoughts, LR? I think Chilwell will be given a chance very soon. And what happens, I think it's going to depend on what Chilwell's performance is, is like in that game in which he's given a chance. If he shows some spark, we know he's a quality, quality player. Uh, so it depends on how he performs in that game, I reckon. Uh, I, I'm with you that, you know, I wouldn't uh, worry too much about the sort of performance that uh, Alonso did have against City. It was City and they were pressing monsters in that game. That front four, front five were all over your defence, in that, especially in that first half. Uh, so, uh, no time to breathe. But uh, I am uh, less bullish on Alonso today compared to last Tuesday. I can I can say that. If I'm, if I'm wildcarding today, uh, I don't know if I would have Alonso in my team. And if I'm having Alonso in my team, uh, I'd make sure that I have three or four other playing defenders, for sure. I actually want to ask you about uh, Christensen, uh, Utkarsh, because he's a little bit of a... Bon- he, he does accrue, tend to accrue bonus points as well. He's 5 million. He's not played only one game. Uh, at 5 million, I think that's great value. Should more people be considering him? I guess I'm, the good thing is, is very rarely he's going to get subbed on. So I think you, if you have a good sub with him along with Ben White, there's not Ben White or you can even throw in a Libramento. They're pretty but good sub options. So I don't think Christensen is a bad option at all. Just let's say he would start 7 out of 10 games where Rudiger would start 9 out of 10 games. I would say yeah. that's right. No, no, no. This is it because a lot of people are on wild card, And I think there's room for... Um, Perhaps one defensive punt at best because he, because I look at a lot of people they're considering the likes of Christensen, um, Alonso, Cancelo is first choice, but we know Pep likes to rotate a lot. So uh, considering we were on wild card, I, I'd pick one at at max from the likes of Cancelo, Christensen, Alonso because I think picking more than one will be going a bit overboard. I think at least one of them is worth the risk given the fact that. Uh, Livermento is is likely to be on our wild cards, and from game week onwards, he has really good fixtures: Leeds, Burnley, Watford, Villa, Norwich, and I think he's he's more than an able filler. Should uh, one of the guys you pick uh, get benched? Baka, let me ask a question. Let's say you're wild carding today. Uh, let's say Trent is occupying one spot. Let's say Livermento is yeah. occupying one spot. What would the other three spots be? I'd probably go with Cancelo, um, Rudiger. And the last one, I'd probably pick uh, White. That's that's how I would go. So you wouldn't three. double up on either Chelsea or City. I want one of the uh, Chelsea fullbacks, but the problem is I'm not sure uh, who is nailed. Uh, I mean, Reese is probably going to be back in two weeks' time as well, two to three weeks' time. Um, so the, the, the I, I love Diaz, but uh, that's going to take a lot of cash out of the team. So that's that's a bit of a kind of consideration. I would rather have Diaz rather than a Chelsea fullback though, because I'm not sure uh, about the security of starts. But you, Zoff? It's interesting because I think Cancelo is a strange one. You look at his numbers, they're not that great. In terms of attempted assists, I think he's close to 8. Diaz is close to 5-6. There's not much there. And both his assists have been from block shots. It's not actually a chance he's created that has been converted. So I'm not entirely convinced he has that much upside over Diaz. I think he's, over he scored in the UCL also, right? If I'm not mistaken, he got a goal or assist in the Champions League as well in that uh, game against Leipzig. If I I'm don't not remember, mistaken. but yeah, I think he yeah. has definitely upside. But then it becomes tricky if you want today a defender. You'd say, and they made a good point of this in FPL surgery. If Alonso plays 30, 30 plus games, he probably even outscores the likes of Trent. 
So in terms of upside, Alonso has more upside than Cancelo. I- I'll tell you where I'm uh, gone a little cold on Alonso though. And this is something uh, our good friend of uh, ours, AK, and everybody on the Chelsea forums, they were legit saying that wait for Alonso to drop a poor performance. It's not far away. It's almost like the Chelsea fans on that forum were expecting Alonso to drop a poor performance. That said, the run of games that uh, uh, you guys have uh, henceforth... Uh, if Alonso's first choice, also the worry in my head would be that then if he's first choice, he's probably going to be playing all the Champions League games because the league games that you have look fairly comfortable on paper. And uh, I wouldn't put past Tuchel. He doesn't need to play uh, one fullback on that side in every game, right? He can afford to rotate that spot because both are quality players. Right, but at the same time, I would argue that the Champions League game, the hardest one now is coming is Juventus. And the ones right after that aren't as difficult. So... You could probably, and the thing is, you look at the fixtures, right? Yeah, let's ignore Southampton for now. Let's look at like ones after that. Brentford is a game that you'd probably need some aerial height. Norwich also, you, he gives you that attacking threat. Newcastle, Burnley. So my point is, having Rudiger for these games, you're probably going to get those five, six points and all that stuff. But the potential for Alonso in these fixtures is huge. Norwich, Newcastle, Burnley alone, those three fixtures, you could. You need to start even two out of those three and you could get 15, 20 points plus, don't you think? Yeah, but if he's starting, I'm not as confident as I was last week. And that's why I think the of next course, two games are... Like I said, it's like yeah. a, it's a punt you would take, but I think it's one that has massive upside. The yeah. problem so, so with what, Alonso uh, is that um, if if you get it wrong, then you you don't want to be picking a defender which you'd have to get rid of after two to three weeks on wildcard, right? Sure. Absolutely. This seems like the kind of punt I'd rather take before wildcard rather than I'd take after the wildcard, particularly in this point in time now that he's dropped a poor performance. I, I just think we'll have mean. a lot more information about this. That's why I'm very happy to just wait it out and then play the wildcard uh, after this game week. This is it. Zoff asked yeah. me this uh, regarding the double defense, Chelsea defense or the doubles uh, City defense, or even the, the likes of Ben White as a filler. At this point in time, I'm not sure, which is exactly why I want to hold off from a wild card because um, another week will give us more information. We might get more clues regarding, you know, who are the better options. And regarding the point you made regarding Cancelo's um, numbers off, um, I totally agree. I, he's been playing left back, and I've noticed that his expect, expected assists and, and, and goals aren't that high, actually. The, his attacking numbers are quite poor. But when I look at penalty area touches, he's top. He's top among all defenders this season. So he's getting quite far forward. And I bet he's. I, I just believe. Points. You know what I like about I like about him is the fact that he can when that um, he can also play on the right. So when he plays on the right, he's 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 more of a beast. And and that's why I'm I'm sort of more likely to lean towards him because um, you know the left back situation is an ill. Worst case now he's going to play on the left. On the right, he's 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 a, he's an absolute beast as we've seen in the past. So I mean, it's worth a punt, even if he doesn't sort of have uh, as much attacking threat on the left as he has on the right. Definitely, Zoff. I'll come back to the question. So the three spots would go to if you were in wildcard, in addition to Trent and Livermento. Attention, Trent Livermento. One spot definitely Ben White. I think he offers great value. He has to be there. But I'm very tempted to look at a back four. I would definitely think give that a consideration yeah. like Trent, Diaz, Rudiger and Alonso, something like that. And you can even have a good sub like an Mbuemo 
in midfield to Sabon for like, you know, somebody like an Alonso. Because the thing is, Chelsea defense, now the ownership is going to be very high going into the next few weeks. So not, let's say you own Alonso and you don't own any other Chelsea defender, you're going to get that EO punch pack every week with all these clean sheets coming. So that sort of ensures you against that. Wouldn't you be tempted? I'm just asking. So you definitely go double Chelsea defense over double City defense because I think the doubles, as things stand, I think the double City defense could actually be more secure uh, in terms of minutes, uh, etc. as well. Yeah, and, possibly. Uh, and I'm, I'm the, not too worried the, about fixtures. Fixtures. Well. Fixtures is just a point I was going to make. I just wanted to have another look. Burnley, Brighton, Palace, United, Everton, West Ham. The fixtures, I would say, are equally good clean sheet-wise. Yeah. It's not significant. And with City, difference. fixtures don't really matter, right? They're going to stifle exactly. opposition. So I, I don't know. I, I actually would be comfortable to pull off a soft go early on the double City defense and just uh, sit with it. We've seen. I mean, one of the reasons, in... one of the reasons we ignored their defense um, so far has been the fact that they've had you know relatively toughish fixtures on paper, right? They played Spurs, Arsenal, um, uh, Chelsea. But they've actually come out of those uh, games with great underlying statistics. They're by far comfortably top for whatever defensive statistic you name, right? So, I mean, with them, honestly, the fixtures are absolutely irrelevant. I remember speaking to you guys at the start of the season and we did this thing, the the sensitivity analysis. Yes, and and, um, I don't don't exactly remember the name of the count who who, who made that. Gromit, F.E.L. Gromit, I think. And and we did see this as a trend uh, with City last year as well, where... Uh, regardless of the fixtures, their defensive numbers stay very, very great, which which has been the case again. But I, I really like the double up. I mean, this this idea of going forward the back is legit. I, I I perfectly agree with it. You know, particularly now, what makes me like it even more is off is the fact that there are no uh, legit options I can see off in in the coming game weeks in this seven to nine million midfield bracket, which is what makes it more viable. I don't I can agree. talk about it. I don't agree. Yeah, I don't yeah. agree. Zoff and me have been talking about seven to nine million midfield assets actually in the background. We can bring, discuss bring, that. bring them up. I'm very, very keen yeah. to hear your thoughts. Uh, yeah, but uh, just before we move on to the attackers, I uh, wanted to ask you guys about would you consider saving 0.5 on Laporte? Man is getting yeah. a shot every game. Yeah, I know. Like he's what? He's got 10 shots in the box so far, Bakar, this season. He's a legit. Uh, goal threat at the moment and we saw it with Stones, Stones last is back one... in training yeah I know and Laporte was back in training last season but we've seen that once Pep picks one he sticks with them just just but you you guys wouldn't go there no I, I won't risk it honestly I've been burnt enough by Mares and Ferran to to consider Laporte yeah. Zoff you wouldn't go there either and Zoff loves Diaz too much anyway he's like if he's going for the double up he's going to have the security Diaz has Diaz. to be there and, and especially once Kevin De Bruyne gets into the team because the set piece delivery is on another level with De Bruyne there yeah so that's why Laporte right Laporte is also no set piece but you're, you're, you'd be wary of the rotation threat with Stones precisely alright uh, your three defenders to... set up Cancelo Diaz and maybe Christensen to save some cash so back four Back four, but I'd, I'd want to spend more money in attack, so I wouldn't mind going a little more value uh, with my pick. At least, so I'd either save some money on uh, uh, DS or I'd rather save some money on uh, uh, Chelsea defense. Your Chelsea and defender. I don't think, yeah, and I wouldn't go to Digger. If I want to spend five and a half, six million, I want some wing back threat. Uh, so I'm happy to compromise on the 0.5 to maybe miss one game extra out of seven, eight games, and I just go for the value pick with uh, Christensen. 
Interesting. Yeah. Uh, so the seven to nine million midfielders, off. We've been talking about them. Which one have you been talking about? I ha- can I guess who you guys want to bring up? I, I just Grealish. Want to yes. Grealish is the one. Yeah, I was gonna say. Yeah, I was gonna say. I thought it would be him. Yeah, because he's. I did. I do have him in my thoughts for the wild card. Um, personally, uh, his numbers are the ones who are standing out in terms of the city mids. But um, I mean, one point six four. Uh, I think was his xg. One point four was his xa. So they're decent, but I like that he's nailed. But he has less than 20% goal Mormon. That's something I don't like. Um, just because he's a city mid doesn't automatically mean that we have to pick him because obviously the upside is huge. But if City are scoring five and he's barely involved in one, then 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 what's the point of City scoring five, right? It's it's just to sort of um, comfort yourself that you have an asset playing in that game, which is which is something I, I've been considering. You know, it, it, I don't know. I, I I'm willing to wait a week before I sort of reassess him. It's not the numbers that has convinced me, Bakar. It's his performances, particularly in the last couple of weeks. Uh, I thought uh, when Chelsea were chasing a goal, uh, once uh, Gabriel Jesus scored, uh, Grealish was their most direct threat uh, in that City team. Uh, and uh, I noticed, I spoke about it on the last pod as well, if De Bruyne is coming into the team, I really like that he's playing on the right midfield uh, position playing that deep cross for Grealish to attack into I've just and another thing is with Grealish I've just seen him get more and more accustomed to his teammates it takes time right he's playing for the first time with a fully new team he's seven eight nine games in now it takes time for that team chemistry to build and I've seen a progressive upturn in his value as an FPL asset week on week and he just looks like a really good pick right now uh Compared to what he was, and I'm also I'm not going to lie. I'm also very interested in Phil Foden if he's going to occupy that uh, left midfield spot. But uh, you take this performance against Chelsea with a pinch of salt because he's not going to play false nine every game. So you have to monitor that. With Grealish, I like the fact that Foden is playing central. It seems like he has very little competition for that left midfield spot. And I mean, he's still coming back. Rotate the odd game, but he looks like again four out of five playing. Correct. You know, this we we've seen that he's he's Pep seems to be building his team around him, but he didn't have De Bruyne and Foden available uh, for for the season so far. So, what makes you think that he's gonna keep his spot when uh, De Bruyne and Foden are available for the majority of the games? Because De Bruyne is not his competition. De Bruyne is playing right midfield. De Bruyne has never played the position Jack is playing in. His only competition on paper right now is Phil Foden, who's been men- who Pep has mentioned has been training uh, in the central midfield, left central midfield position. He hasn't played left midfield all season. And I mean, after starting nine games back to back, you'd need to trust a little and take a plunge and see what happens, right? So that's the thinking in my head. There's Sterling as well. I know he hasn't been great, but Sterling can play on the left as well. So he he could get rotated. If there's Foden, there's Sterling as well. Wadwee gives you more information. You see the lineup against Liverpool, see how he does against PSG today. I think performances ultimately are a big barometer, right? And the fixtures are good. Burnley, Brighton, Palace, United, Everton, West Ham. Fixtures are decent for like 8 million. Ultimately, you always want that one slot in the midfield, right? For your mid-price midfielder. To give you some flexibility, you can move to anybody. Exactly. Like I, I oh, in 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 the wildcard drafts I have made for eight. He's been in 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 one or two of them actually, and I, I, I every time I have in my squad, I I just sort of seem to doubt myself as to whether uh, he's going to be a good FPL pick because um, 
he's been okay for 8 million i mean if his ceiling is 6 or 7 million i'd rather push that that money yeah, in the defense and get someone like stats. a diaz and cancelo right that's the, why i was saying the double city defense might actually be a better investment i i that's because you're looking at the whole season as a data set like i mentioned the 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 factor of de bruyne coming in which makes rilish a better asset and him growing uh team chemistry with his team is happening yeah. right now and also the question i want to pose to you is what does it take uh, to invest in a city attacker if he's getting 8 out of 8 starts or 9 out of 9 starts even if he misses the next game are you happy with a city attacker costing 8 million playing 9 out of 10 games you should be happy with that right i i should be happy with it but what i don't like about him is the fact that he's barely involved so far right that's the that's yeah. the point i am trying to make the, the goal involvement is way too low below 20% is is like if they score five is going to be involved one but i completely get your point regarding you know how they evolve uh, once uh, de bruyne and fornar back so it can change i think that's that's that that could change the the indicators we have which is why i'm sort of not reading too much into them but then again i, I, I even at this stage i think double city uh, defense is is, is more of a safer bet you were allowed with. to pick three players from one team Yeah, fair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm with you on double city defense as well, but I I just want to stick my neck on the line and say that in three weeks time we're all going to be looking at Phil Foden closely as an asset. I just rate him as an FPL pick, and I think he's going to play a greater role than he has previously. So just want to monitor. Don't jump on him right now, but I've just got an instinct about Foden. I think he's going to come into our thinking. There's another uh, midfielder off which you are telling me whose stock has gone up after the Chelsea City game. Why don't you talk to us about him? Yeah, so Mount is still injured. I was hoping he would be fit for the Juventus game. He's not available, and there are big doubts about his availability versus Southampton as well. So, and again, we go back to the fixtures. Over the next four games, you have Brentford, Norwich, Newcastle, Burnley. Would you rather have, let's say, a Mount or like you know a Chelsea defender? Again, I think there's potential here for points. I know I keep saying I'm the first one to say Mount doesn't have explosive potential, but. If you want somebody a bit more secure in terms of game time, who's going to tick along in these next four games, I think Mount is a decent shot. What are your thoughts, Zoff, on a four-game week uh, Kai Havertz punt? Not sure he's nailed again. Not sure he's nailed because if he's playing, he's playing as a second striker next to Lukaku, and you Mount think in these games he's going to shift from. Kante uh, has COVID anyway, so he has to play two in midfield and three up top. Yeah, right? but he so, can recover from COVID by like let's see, he's out now. He can recover by game week nine. So Kante's thing is quite short term. Yeah, but but in none of those fixtures you see him playing a base no, no, midfield of of three. No, exactly. definitely he's going to play at least one of Havertz or Mount in those fixtures, and most likely why? it's going to be Havertz. Yeah, so then why not a punt there? Because he we know he's got uh, goal scoring now. So I remember our discussions again. Pre-season where he did really well at the back end of last season. Once he got once he got minutes, if he's on the pitch, he's going to be involved in the goal. So just as a punt, a four-week punt yeah. based on those really good-looking fixtures, I, it's something yeah. I. It's a punt for sure. It's not anything that yeah. like you know I would like go near. I would feel much more comfortable with Mount, but it's not a bad punt. Yeah, that's that. because people have that money, right? Especially because nobody else is coming or showing up in that seven to nine million. Uh, yeah, and you want that one but differentiator midfield, right? Tom Freeman keeps talking about that. Mark keeps talking about that. That's where you have to differentiate in midfield. So it's a decent shout, actually. Yeah, I'm going to be monitoring his performances for the next two weeks because Brentford, Norwich, Newcastle, Burnley. You want a little more uh, action than Lukaku because everyone will have uses... Lukaku. Exactly. Exactly. Everyone will have him. Right. 
wow i think that's what we clocked 25 minutes on chelsea versus minutes. manchester city and before coming on the podcast we were just talking about this part today is going to be under an hour <laughs> no yeah but i reckon it, it's good that we gave it some air time because i think yes, these two teams are the primary teams are the main talking points correct exactly ah so coming to united versus aston villa who wants to talk about this game who who do you think do the honors about this game <laughs> do the honors I told you, Jekyll and Hyde team were very capable of not doing anything, and it wasn't even uh, the like a scene of bad luck. Our only chances were two good chances off corners and speculative shots from Mason Greenwood. Outside of that, we really did nothing in the game. Aston Villa absolutely deserved at least one point, if not three. They had the far better chances. I mean, people might not watch the game, look at the statistics, and say, "Oh, United have a ton of chances." They were all. very speculative efforts uh that said uh i do like ronaldo as an option for this game week against everton because uh with uh, townsend before we come to that pranil credit where credit's due you you called it before the the game we in our discussion in the last podcast yeah. that united were probably going to struggle so well played yeah. Yeah, the only thing is just trusting liverpool more to attack more consistently that was the only thought in my head and uh that's it there was no other thought where i just trust the liverpool attack more compared to united right. attack that's that it. being said again yeah. i go back to the same fact if ronaldo takes a penalty yeah. the outcome is again different it's all variance and, and, and if salah uh, is offside then you are the one laughing but uh, you, you i think you judge the games that happen in terms of the performances right uh, out here so that's all uh, aston villa uh are a team i really really want to talk about as well because i think they should be uh, looked at on the wild card because game week 8 onwards they have wolves arsenal away west ham home southampton away brighton home crystal palace away i don't think for an attacker they are entirely poor fixtures and watkins just looks like a really really good asset since watkins and ings have started together as a pair watkins has had four times as many chances as danny ings and uh, i just think he's a good uh, option in a very crowded striker space at the moment yep i think yeah, the strikers i don't know let's have a quick look at villa's fixtures because i think they're finally starting to gel and become the team we sort of saw last season were a little bit difficult to beat and there were some funny stats from the united game in terms of shots i think that i think greenwood had like some eight shots and all that stuff but all of these chances in terms of xg racked up to like 0.5 or 0.6 so this is what we saw from villa last shots year. low quality chances Yep, yep, yep. But I wonder what happens when Bailey is fit, and uh, I presume that uh, he'll move from a back three to a back two because, based on what we saw in terms of Bailey's short cameos, he looks like a player, like a proper player. So I think they will need to accommodate him and give. If the fixtures turn easy, then I see them moving to a back four. So that's something. Uh, yeah, probably. I think game well. week eight is when he's targeting to be back right after the break. Then they have Arsenal, then West Ham, Southampton, Brighton, Palace. He's a good mid-price. Are they actually good time. fixtures from from for? I don't think those fixtures look that good from an attacking point of view. I mean, Bulls are decent defensively. Arsenal. I'm saying right after well. Arsenal. Right after Arsenal. That's when we're expecting Bailey back. West Ham, Southampton, Brighton, Palace yeah. is is all right. I I, I mean, Bucker, my my Brighton. They created a Brighton are still classified as a tough fixture. Southampton away is okay. Yeah, but I mean, personally, I won't be looking at a Villa player. It, it's about how much I read that card. team also because they created the reason Chelsea did not concede two three goals against Aston Villa was because of Mendy. 
like they created good clear cut chances against the chelsea as well so you need to take into consideration that they're capable of putting in a good attacking performance against these teams also which is why uh, you give them uh, more weightage it's it's like leeds united right you don't worry too much about the fixtures when you're looking at leeds united so that's the thing in my head where they've shown good attacking performances hmm. you know when, when we're talking about villa there there are two two other uh, players I, I i i want to talk about more than the attackers i i actually um was impressed by by cash ever since they moved to three at the back he's he's actually marauding forward uh, in the last three games they started playing this um five at the back system where uh, cash is playing as a right wing back and um, he's actually second for for penalty area touches um since he's he started playing in that position and the other person I'd, I'd like to mention is douglas louis so a lot of us are wild carding uh, douglas louis is almost creating two uh, chances per game he's actually top for chances created among all villa players this season so at 4.5 he's also on some set pieces now i'm not sure whether that's going to continue if uh, boindia is going to come back um or when bailey's back but but he's he's totally nailed and uh, I, i think he's a decent filler to have right and uh, just i think we can focus a little bit on the united uh, right now uh, if people are owning a greenwood at the moment uh, i think after this game week is a decent time to lose him because i'm a little worried rashford is coming back into contact training on saturday he sent out a little tweet as well so there's just going to be a lot more rotation there and uh, i think you move on to other assets uh, when there's a fixture shift uh, and uh, just some news that came out today uh, with regards to luke shaw where uh, solskjaer said that he's going to give him every chance to play against villarreal so my assumption is that he looks likely to play against uh, everton at the weekend exactly and and you know a lot of people are asking whether uh, he's worth keeping um because of the fact that he hasn't done much right uh, it's been six game weeks he's been um below average uh, putting it lightly so people are actually considering getting rid even if he's fit i i don't think it's worth selling him this week in particular because um Everton without Richarlison and 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 Cavalloon don't exactly have the same attacking threat and and their numbers are actually fairly down uh without the two of them. I even watched them against Norwich uh this past week and they they weren't at their best. They, I I wasn't too impressed by by what I saw. So I I won't be surprised if United get a clean sheet in this game and um I I think this could be a fixture which Shaw could haul. Uh, if if you're looking to get rid I think uh game week 8 could be a better time if he looks like being fit in game week 7 agree on all counts pakar with you what about you zoff i don't know it all depends on the rest of your team if the rest of your defense is stable then i would still say chelsea have a better shot of a clean sheet than shaw and if you're going to wild card next week then i'd say a one week punt on shaw to alonso which prob might be what i'm doing this week i don't think it's a bad idea i don't know i think you can be more aggressive maybe in attack uh with uh, uh a transfer just I mean, target also is an attacker right you can't really classify yeah. alonso as a defender yeah but i i don't really see a situation where we see um whether or not alonso is is going to start unless tushil just comes out and says outrightly which is Correct. highly but unlikely but to happen if i wild card next week is ideal so right time to take that chance like you said while having the wild card in hand is when you can afford to bring in alonso as off as a bench search. it depends on who it depends on who you have a bench i personally didn't make that exactly. move so we'll talk to that i have a, a decent bench, bench. Right. i have like white and ailing might play 
but Ealing doesn't really count anyway. Anyway, <laughs> where where are you guys on uh, Ronaldo versus Lukaku? Let's take that debate to the. Let's take that to the captaincy because I think that's more detailed discussion. That's quite we've spent quite some time here. Let's just pass through the other fixtures a little bit more speedily. Everton, All Norwich. Right. Not much to talk about Norwich there. Let's not even. I finally got my Dean clean sheet. That's the that's the main talking point of the game. Yep. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, you had a really nice stat uh, about Everton's defensive numbers versus Southampton. Again, do you want to leave that for the captaincy section? Yes, I want to leave that till that. I think it's better if we come to it when we're discussing captaincy. Right. But I think one thing worth discussing Mm. uh, is let's say if you're on wildcard now or if you're moving in for a budget midfielder under around the six million bracket, do you go for the Everton guys or do you look elsewhere? I think there are better options elsewhere personally. Fixtures again. Zop. I keep going back to the fixtures now. They're at the bottom of the ticker from game week 7 to 14. They're third bottom. United, West Ham, Watford, Wolves, Spurs, City, Brentford, Liverpool. That's a tough run. I wouldn't yep. I wouldn't bother now. Yep. Agreed. I think the time to get them is gone. Despite those two home games against Watford and West Ham, uh, I just look elsewhere. I think Arsenal, uh, Leeds United and... Uh, that's it. Those, these two teams are offering better options and Gallagher is an option as well. So, I'd look there. Better options. Anything are... to add? Move on? No. Let's move on. Yeah. Let's move yep. on. Leeds, West Ham. This was such a brilliant game to watch. Absolutely love this. What a brilliant game of football. What are your takeaways from this game? Uh, what do you think about Antonio and Benrama from this game's off? I thought the connection between the two was quite good. Antonio had a few good attempts. Really should have scored before that. Ben Rama had a few good chances. What really impressed me with Ben Rama is how much he tracked back. And I, th- I know Moyes would love that. A lot of times I saw Ben Rama all the way in defense helping out. So that's going to help his securing like his starting spot yeah. much more. So I think I don't think there's any reason to get rid of Ben Rama. It's part of the reason I'm a little bit jittery about wildcarding because I think he looks in good form and I think he's playing well. Yeah, and I agree with you. The relationship between him and Antonio is constantly improving. And about the tracking back, that's why he got that bonus point without uh, no uh, attacking return as well, because he created a ton of chances and he did. He had some recoveries and tackles won and all of that as well. Uh, I just want to talk about Rafinha. What a sensational player! Uh, if you don't have him on your wildcard, put him into your wildcard right now. I think yeah. possibly the best pick in the game outside of Trent and Mo Salah at the moment. Every time I watch him, I feel like he's at least going to get a return. Uh, I mentioned this and I wouldn't be too frustrated with him missing a ton of chances. He'll eventually, uh, he's eventually got to get a couple of big returns. But a couple of guys I want to talk to you guys about. Uh, uh, the fixtures toughen up for West Ham in some time uh, where they have uh, after game week 8 they have Everton Spurs Aston Villa Liverpool Wolves City now Antonio so far has been behaving like a premium asset and that was the case last season as well where he was top of the table in the league for non-penalty XG do you lose him do you keep him keep absolutely no question in my mind while Antonio is fit he has to be kept I think I agree. I agree. But but I don't share the same thoughts about Benrama. I think I'd probably sell him uh, on wildcard. Yeah. You can make a case cool. of not doubling up. Definitely. Yeah. But I think Antonio, there's absolutely no reason to sell him at all. Especially with other, like, you know, the mid-price forward bracket is so dry. Right now, at least if you had your likes of DCL, Bamford, Fit, you can sort of make a case for it. 
I don't think it's dry at the moment. I think there are some genuine good striker options around with good uh, fixtures as well. So, uh, but yeah, Ooh. Antonio is in a league of his own. But I wouldn't. I would be more open to playing the fixtures compared to you guys. Is where what I'll mm-hmm. say is all. Just Very diving back to, to what him. you said about Rafinha, two things we should mention. Number one is this injury issue that's constantly bothering you. Yeah. It's also, it seems that it's something he's carrying and managing. Week to week and yep. monitor that. And number two, he's most likely missing game week eight because the whole quarantine yep. thing and all that thing is happening. So if you're bringing him on wildcard, you should probably plan for a bench because I think the same thing is going to happen. There's one more international break, or is it? Yeah, there's Correct. three. So that's probably going to happen at the other end of that international break as well. So that's one thing. You have to I, I think, uh, Zoff, I, I actually looked at uh, into this and, and I think Livermento in, in game week eight could be a, a very good option. Livermento has leads yes. and leads without uh, Rafinha and, and most, most probably Bamford as well. They're, they're going to probably struggle in that one. So Decent I think that's sure. a good fixture for Livermento. Decent shot. But something that people should keep in mind in case they don't know about it. Yeah. Yeah. Just want to uh, read out a stat that I read uh, on the, I think Tom and Neil Scout knows where they're saying that except for Spurs, West Ham's opponents from game week seven to fifteen are amongst the top ten defenses for XGC so far this season. So just in terms of fixtures, this is how it's going to play out so far. That's all. Just thought it was a good stat to read out. Definitely, and Europa League will definitely have some sort of effect eventually going forward. Yeah. It hasn't. How long out. is Bamford out for? There was no clarity on that whatsoever. Because Rodrigo looked good. Leeds looked good. I thought Leeds looked... From the noises we hear, he's probably out for this week as well. This week. I think post-IB. Yeah. Yeah. Want to monitor because if he's out for a slightly more longer term, I think Rodrigo with Leeds' fixtures could be a good differential shout. uh, Just because I I thought finally Leeds looked like they got some attacking rhythm into place. The first yeah, even defensively, I thought they were a little better compared to what we've seen previously. And now they have Struik uh, coming back from suspension as well. So things are looking a little better for Bielsa. So just want to monitor if uh, Bamford is out for a while. Move on to the next game. Next game. Uh, also, just about West Ham, uh, want to say that from a defensive point of view, it's probably a team you can target now. They're just not the same defensively solid unit that they were last season. Leeds created a ton of chances against them. Manchester United created a ton of chances against them. They're just not as solid as they used to be. So that little perception shift in terms of looking at the West Ham fixture, I think uh, any team is capable of scoring a goal or two against them. Exactly. This is uh, you asked about Antonio. This is why I actually like Antonio because the next three are actually low-key good fixtures: Brentford, Everton away, and then Spurs at home. Spurs at home, I think, is is, is a good fixture um, as well. You look at uh, Spurs' form recently; it's it's been very very poor. And and the fact that they are actually conceding goals is 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 what basically they they have to score more goals to win is is basically the point I'm trying to make. Fair shot. Fair shot. Leicester Burnley. Jamie Vardy keeps on scoring. Yeah, what? What? Three players have more FPL points than him so far this season, which is the case every year. Legit, the case every year. He's always up there at the start of the season. But we're going to still ignore him. <laughs> just about say, He's just at that awkward price point. He's just at that yeah. awkward <laughs> price point where we're just, you know, him and, and Aubameyang. I, I mean, they, these are the two players I, I just don't think I'll get in my team regardless of the fixtures. Not in the coming game weeks at least because because of the price points that they're, they're at. Is Wood going to rise from the abyss this weekend? Fucker. <laughs> He's going to score versus on... Norwich for sure. This is a question that He's came on from Twitter. He's going to score versus Norwich for sure. 
it's it's a good one whoever whoever said that is, is a good one fair play <laughs> i think shout out to stadium sports i think that's his account name i just uh, there's actually a decent shout uh, actually legit speaking if you have don't take a punt for one week before wild card can't go wrong with like a player striker yes, against norwich I, I, I agree. There's a lot of 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 FN managers are actually in that market, you know, they're looking for Bamford replacements. So I think for a one week punt uh you could do much worse. Yeah, Bakar if what that score you should do the Martinez celebration for us live. I've always been, I've always been an advocate of what you know me. It doesn't take much for me to get what <laughs> 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 oh my god uh, it's, it's been a while since we had uh, some wood jokes on the pod so i, I don't mind this do as do looking at the fixture list ah this week definitely we're going to get some wood discussion yeah. <laughs> yeah. i i have some more problems in defense now cuz i was trying to be cheeky i was in the market for a defender last game week and i got in ricardo pereira who could have had an assist in that first half but then cornet was giving him a terrible time Uh, in that first half so uh, problems more problems in defense for me uh, this uh, weekend i'll monitor what uh, broth does in uh, europe but i do want to talk about lester i think their performances have been better than the results indicate i think they've been terribly unlucky uh, and uh, i think evans coming back after the international break is going to give them some defensive stability as well i think uh, evans is just the rio ferdinand of that defense right where you need somebody to orchestrate the defense you know telling somebody to move ahead putting he's, he's sort of the leader in that defensive unit both uh, uh soensu and westergaard are sort of like brainless thugs right where they've got the physicality but they're not reading the game or directing the moves and i think that's why they've been struggling defensively uh, attack in attack harvey barnes again had some great chances just his owners if there are any at the moment hard done by lukman want to monitor at 6 minute i thought he looked lively uh, on that right hand side midfield for uh, leicester city yeah they haven't gone to a back five still which is interesting even now that they have some defenders back they still haven't opted to go for that ian yeah. acho can't get a game can't get a game can't get a game and every time he comes on he looks good he scored a really good goal uh, in the carabao cup uh, in the midweek as well but just roger stubborn roger things yeah move on yeah uh just one player i want to talk about is telemans uh, because uh, with uh, sumar coming into that lester midfield uh, he's sort of playing a uh, more further up the pitch compared to he was uh, when he was previously and uh, his uh, chance creation stats and shot stats are pretty good the shots are still speculative of efforts from outside the d but uh, again one to monitor he's just playing further up the field compared to what he's done previously Watford Newcastle yeah. I'll start this one I don't know how Newcastle didn't score four or five goals in this fixture it was <laughs> an absolute paddling the goal that Sar scored is probably it was from a set piece not the goal we'd expect he didn't really have a single big chance other than that yeah. so Watford didn't have any single big chance from, from that, and, and they were playing Newcastle yeah I don't know I don't know that Newcastle that's not, how bad how bad Norwich are that Norwich conceded four big chances to them last year or is that Watford are just Jekyll and Hyde I don't I still can't read Watford yet Zoff uh, uh Watford conceded six big chances uh, at home to Wolves as well I don't think they're 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 that good a team defensively as we no, thought defense, they would be initially No defense forget about defense yeah defense idea is completely yeah. gone out the window but No the point was, I'm trying to make is that Salah in eight for captaincy he looks good I, I like him more than Lukaku I think that week away to Brentford Exactly exactly what I was going to come to 
No, I think that's an easy captaincy call. You go more. No, I don't think it's debatable. You go more Salah in that game. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Uh, Newcastle. Uh, I just want to give a shout out to our friend uh, FPL General. He went Saint Max. I just thought he was unlucky to get only one return. One, yeah. Should have gotten three or four returns in that game. Serious option because Newcastle can play some in attack. Uh, they're currently ninth on the table for XG accrued so far this season. So, good attacking numbers. Maybe we should look at Saint Max uh, because he's always in and around, always involved, and he does have a lot more end product than he did last season. There's a debate to be had for wildcard you know, um, between. Uh, Sorry, Bakar, go ahead. I was just talking yeah. about Saint Max and Armstrong. Yeah. I can't understand. Like, there's a debate to be had there, but go ahead. Yeah, I, I was just gonna say that I was actually looking at his his numbers from last year onwards, and 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 the goal thread is pretty much the same. I was looking at the XG per game. It's 0.22 versus. Point two, so there's not much of a difference, but the uh, chances created and expected assists have gone up massively. There's been um, almost a hundred percent increase in his expected uh, assist involvement, which you know, which, which is telling me that he's playing really well. He's creating a lot of chances for others, and he was actually very unlucky not to have had more this week. Coming to Armstrong versus um, Saint pause, Max, pause. I before, think that before we yeah. move, I just want to talk about the level at what he's at if you think about it it was what the 85th minute or around that mark where he created the chance for murphy through one goal it was a spectacular pass it just shows how he's progressed as a player because it, i think traor is left at a certain level and saint max has gone a little up in terms of the end product that he's found go on talk about armstrong now i think we lost bakar in the yeah. chat <laughs> yeah. yeah no, no I, I i just heard you yeah I was going to say that um, Armstrong, I think, is a better player because he looks like the perfect neighbor from eight onwards. You look at his fixtures, I like them more than Newcastle's. Not the fixtures. I just don't know if Saints are going to score that many goals exactly. despite they the were fixtures. Very poor against Wolves. And I don't think yeah. we can be underappreciated how much of a loss Ings is to that team. I don't think they looked, this didn't create chances because yeah. Armstrong is not a guy who's going to create chances for himself. Where are the chance creations coming from? If I'm looking at the price bracket, I'll be honest. I can't look past time. Okay, let's compare the let, let's compare the fixtures now. Newcastle have um, Wolves. Okay, Spurs is an easy fixture these days. Crystal Palace away, which is likely to be tough. Uh, Chelsea at home is likely to be tough. Brighton is likely to be tough. I I just don't see the point of going with Saint Max. I'd rather punt with the fixtures. I know Armstrong isn't looking that great right now, but look at the fixtures: Leeds, hmm. Burnley, Watford, Villa, and Norwich. Now that's Almost four of the teams we want to target because they're right down there for um, uh, for expected goals conceded. I'd be shocked if uh, if Saints don't score uh, a few goals, and I, I think Armstrong is likely to be involved in those fixtures. That's fair, and I think it transitions well into Tony also because I think Tony. I think you can go with with like Armstrong for the two home fixtures, and even hop off to when around game week ten when Brentford have Burnley, Norwich, Newcastle. Back to back after. But I think why that... do you want to? I don't. I don't know if you want to hop off. Very honestly, and it's a good discussion worth having because yes. Bucker's not wrong exactly. in terms of the fixtures that Southampton have: Leeds at home, Burnley at home, and Watford it's away. A way it to doesn't watch. get. You see how they're doing. It's... You see those two fixtures. Give him the two home games. See how they're doing. Hop on if you feel but, like. But, but, but my read from that uh, Liverpool game was that. Uh, it won't matter. The fixtures won't matter too much for an Ivan Tony because of the sort of the team that Brentford are. They're so well drilled. The players know exactly what they're doing. They've got a very shrewd manager, a very good manager. He's going to get the chances in every game. He just remember Jimenez 
three seasons ago when he first came into the league, glue guy, you put him in and you don't have to look at him for the 15-game weeks. Ivan Tony is the kind of guy that reminds me of that. It's just not a transfer that you're going to make for a long time. Uh, he, he reminds me of Charlie Austin back back in the days, honestly. You know, he he is getting, he is central to that team and he's he's the talisman. And I think I, I, I really like him. Player. I, no, I mean, in terms of players, the talismanic status. I don't think he's getting anywhere near the shot volume that Austin is. I think Austin was a better FPL asset than he was a footballer. Here it's vice versa. Correct. I think Tony's contributing more to the team than he is actually to in terms of FPL point potential. You know, but he's central. He's, he's central to whatever they're doing. He's creating chances. Look at the number of chances created. It's over the past four game weeks, he's top for expected assists. Now that is incredible. Not only is he getting the goals himself, he's also creating chances. And this is exactly the kind of player I like for the 6.5 million slot where I can just forget about him. So if I was on a wild card, I think I'd have him over both St. Maximan and, uh, and Armstrong. That's and he's I'm also at. in penalties, which is an, uh, which is an added advantage. Penalties is, is huge. That's where I at the moment. I don't think people realize how good a player Ivan Tony is at the moment. I think what spoke yeah. about him being such a good player the most was remember that offside goal that he scored against uh, Liverpool? It was a finish from uh, the far right side and it was just in the corner of the net. I thought that was spectacular. That's the kind of player, even if you remember the uh, goal that he almost scored in the championship playoff where he hit the bar. Again, it, that's the kind of talent that this guy has. Uh, uh, hats off. I just want to give a shout out to our friend FPL Anz Luke, who kept uh, singing his praises uh, before uh, the season started and he was like, he's going to be likely a set-and-forget option and it does look like that after the slight lull at the start. Mm. Let's talk about Liverpool. Yeah. Jota, keep. Tough. <sighs> tough. Now, um, in my opinions of, I, if I was on a wildcard, I'd probably, um, if I was on a wildcard in eight, I'd probably sell him this week for someone like Asar or Ben Rama because uh, they have more potential. Um, but you know, this is a question which has been bothering me as well because I because a lot of people have been asking this: what to do with Jota if not wildcarding in in eight? Because there doesn't seem to be um, a like for like replacement. Now I've talking uh, talked about Star. Star doesn't have the fixtures after this week. I won't be getting him you know, long term. Uh, same for Ben Rama. Uh, he doesn't have the fixtures after this week either. So, I mean, I potentially hold him um, because. I'm not sure there are better options available right now. And, and just reassess next week where, as to where we stand. What's making this hard is the fact that Firmino is not likely to go to... Uh, uh, in fact, he's not going to. It's confirmed that he's not going to, to exactly. the, uh, Brazil. Yes. So this is what makes it hard. And, and, and the fact that this sort of tells me that he's probably a sell, but... I mean, we have seen in the past that Klopp, even in this game against Brentford, he opted for a front four in the second half, right? So this, that could happen against Watford. Um, if there aren't any ob- obvious replacements, then then I think you can afford to keep him, if not wildcarding anytime soon. And also just want to add to the fact that Portugal play on the 13th of October, late at night. Uh, and uh, then they have the early kickoff on the 16th, which is a Saturday. So I, I, I'd... Reckon that uh, Firmino, who's going to be rested in the international break, plays that money game against Watford, which is why I'd probably sell him right now. Because Portugal are so close. Who would you get is the question, though. Who would, who uh, would you get is the question, though. A midfielder from a team we are yet to talk about. 
<laughs> oh Saka. Oh got it. Got it. Got it. Saka. The Arsenal guys. Yeah. Look at the Arsenal guys. Good yeah. run of fixtures. Saka. Got it. Let's we'll talk yeah. about the Southampton Wolves. Why don't we talk about the Arsenal assets? But you've been crowd sourcing. Why? Wait, wait, wait. Just you want to actually to... have I, I I got a couple of stats about Liverpool. Uh and I think we should not move past uh, before discussing Raya because I think Raya versus Ramsdale is an important conversation to have for the wildcard position uh yeah. as well. Uh but uh this is something that Andrew Gorong tweeted where he said that Jota has started 60 to 70% of the games that he's been available for and he's not been available uh, and he's not started eight games and those eight games that he did not start the average playing time in those eight games was 21 minutes as well so it just kind of solidifies the fact that he's playing around 60% of the games in the games he's not playing he's getting half an hour uh, so then you determine whether it's worth it or not. And if you have bigger problems in your team, make those changes. It wouldn't be a priority transfer. But keep in mind that he's not likely to play that game you get game because of the international break schedule. Correct. Move on? Yeah. Uh-huh. Van Dyke. Sorry. Did you notice he was poor in that game? Like, especially that uh, clearance that... Matip uh, made of MBUMO where it was cleared off the line, Van Dyke. And I saw that four or five times in that game where he's just not sprinting. I don't know. There's something, there's something to monitor because he's he's just obviously he had a massive injury, but I still think he's not up to full fitness because on a lot of occasions I saw him dawdling around in uh, crucial situations instead of sprinting. So just wanted to mention that. Cool. Let's move Arsenal, on. Let's, we'll come back to Southampton World. Arsenal Spurs, you've crowdsourced a few opinions on Arsenal fans. Why don't you share those, those with us? All right. So, just I'm doing an article for FFS and I thought it'd be a good idea to get uh, opinions from some Arsenal fans. Uh, shout out to Orpheus Jones, Nighthawk, uh, and uh, who was the third one? Adam, 3-5-who, uh, who's the, uh, who got the assist? Uh, Planet FPL. Executive sorry yeah for planet fpl right he's the arsenal representative for planet fpl uh, they were kind to kind enough to answer my questions so the first question that i asked them is do you think arsenal assets are worth investing in for the upcoming run all three of them very conf- confidently said yes the team is in a good place the players are back fit uh, it's worth investing in arsenal i asked them if ramsdale is going to be nailed for the upcoming run all three of them without any doubt very confidently said that yes ramsdale looks nailed so three and uh, and i must add that all these three fans are good fpl players as well and i do trust their opinion from an fpl point of view as well so uh that's something that's convincing uh, there are a few murmurs that lenom actually might be going in uh, uh january uh so uh that is something uh worth adding that he looks like a really good keeper prospect on the wild card uh and the last question I asked them is who their top two picks would be in attack and defense and why. Uh, most of them picked Ramsdale in defense. And uh, they picked, a couple of them picked Tommy Asu over uh, Ben White in defense. Because I think there's 0.1 million between them. And the games that Arsenal are going to be having are fairly uh, kind of fixtures on paper. So uh, they might not have to do the whole uh, lopsided three center back thing. And Tommy Asu may, 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 might make some... Uh, runs further up the pitch. So, worth spending 0.1 million more and he looks nailed on that spot. Uh, I asked them who their favorite attackers are and they said you take your pick between uh, Yesar and uh, Saka. 
they spoke about saka not being as good because there was a little fatigue there he joined the camp late and his sharpness has been growing week on week and uh, he looks like a really good pick now he's in a good moment because he's had a good run of uh, goal contributions in the last three or four games and they said that esr also offers great value for money at his price uh, adam mentioned that uh, esr's breakthrough season kind of reminds him of uh, ramsey's breakthrough season where he's making a lot of late runs into the box which is something we've spoken about as well so yeah that that's what you have when it comes to the arsenal assets good options i think except i think oba is probably a bit overpriced considering everybody else in attack is yeah. so much cheaper and in defense i'm not sh- that sure about tommy asu offering that much cuz it's a back three when they're in possession with tierney bombing forward and i think white at 4.4 offers slightly more security with maitland nile still about yeah and, and, and the easier fixtures i think he's he's likely to do well with the pass completion as well slightly better bonus potential in my opinion i presume that only thinking was that he won't be as withheld uh, in the kind of fixtures coming Possibly. up for us i don't think it's point yeah. one either way it's not much of a thing in terms of spurs yeah. i think less said the better they were abysmal <laughs> monday night football did a great segment about them yesterday about how the midfield completely let them down they say a lot of it, the tactics were down to nuno as well so the fixtures actually aren't that bad going forward if you look at spurs but i guess the only one you could possibly look at at sun but i don't think he's going to justify his price tag cuz you see there what they're sixth on the ticker fifth in fact of the villa yeah. newcastle west ham united everton leeds burnley brentford it's actually decent run as united is the only traditional top 6 team there for the next 7 8 weeks correct correct and uh, krish uh, actually sorry fpl skip asked if uh, pepe is an option out of the three only nighthawk said that he didn't mind pepe as a punt still but uh, i still reckon you go for the more nailed picks in esr or uh, or saka esr is a threat from from pepe you know because odegaard is likely to play and 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 i uh, i assume that saka is more nailed than um, smithro so early subs will will be a bit of a worry for me with smithra i think i prefer saka um because of the security of minutes and what impact does jaka's injury have on the team i asked them a follow up question after that and they said that uh they aren't reliant as reliant on zaka for ball progression as they used to be and uh, uh sambi lokonga has been actually really really good uh as well in the little that they've seen from them and party is the crucial component in that midfield not zaka at the moment and they like worry when party is uh, injured not when zaka is injured yep but yeah. southampton wolves so uh, just sort of from yes, what sir. i saw from southampton i think this che adams is completely off color and that's having a bit of a knock on effect on on armstrong as well and stuart armstrong being out is not helping he is also a key component in their attack and generally disjointed even defensively the goal which they scored the defender should have done better in tracking him in as but what a goal great moment seeing him in as i don't think you can be a football fan and not enjoy that goal obviously unless you're a saints fan you understand that but fantastic moment and people who own traore i don't think you need to worry i think he's getting straight back in the team podens had a very poor game extremely frustrating yeah Yeah, and Marcel was poor yet again. Zoff, I I think if if Nuri's fit, um, he's highly likely to get dropped. I was checking the Wolves for fan forums, and um, almost every single team had Nuri starting um, the Newcastle fixture. So 
it remains to be seen that could be a worry for Marsala owners uh, going into that fixture. Yeah, I think don't think he changes the short term because seems to me the guy who's to keep a clean sheet, you get three points, he keeps the team. But longer term, I guess you're probably right. Anything else to add here? Nothing. No. Just love Raul. Always done well for me in FPL. Brought him this week, so delighted. And good run. I think, I think actually he's a good shout. Yeah. Good shout. The fixtures don't get worse. Uh, they actually get better. Always. They actually get a bit worse for defensive returns. And I was looking at it now as yes. a Sebedo owner. Now, in terms of attack, yeah. you still look at Villa, Leeds, Everton, Palace, West Ham, Norwich as great fixtures. But in terms of defense, I see maybe two out of six clean in the next six after Newcastle. Fair shot. I agree. Yeah. I agree. Those fixtures are decent for attack, but not that great for defense. Yeah. yeah. But if you they have look like good for Cimedo, Jimenez, don't they? Look for Jimenez. The good thing is if you have somebody like a Semedo, you can pretty much look at him as an attacker and still play him in these fixtures because he's still getting forward a lot in the back three. But the likes of Cody, Kilman, not that appealing during this one. Right. Final game, Palace, Brighton. Either of you guys watch this? I haven't even seen the highlights yet. I did. I did. I watched the whole game. Um, Palace had the better of it. Uh, they, they deserved to win it. Uh, but at the end, Mope with the class finish. And that was it. I was actually um, looking forward to, to watching the game as a Sanchez owner. He created one big chance, but Welbeck spurned it. He really should have scored. It was, a, it was an easier chance than the one that Mope took, actually. So it was very, very unfortunate to watch. He, uh, Sanchez even had a chance at bonus. Um, even uh, with the yellow card and even after conceding. So even if he had made like one more save and not gotten the yellow card, he could have had like five to six points. So that was that was sort of really frustrating to watch. That's interesting because we all... Sanchez has now Sanchez. had two big chances created this season and not a single assist. He had it on... In a, he created one the first uh, <laughs> on the first day of the season as well. Very frustrating. It's 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 give normal me that my he points. doesn't have a single assist, Bakker. It's very no, give me my points. No, give me my points. I refuse to accept this. Thoughts on Gallagher, Bakker? You saw the game. I want to Gallagher looked good. Him. Yeah, he was making the late uh, late runs into the box, and he looked good. He actually looked good. Gallagher would be starting the one... Chelsea team if he was in there today. Possibly, like you know, the role licking up the midfield and attack. Yeah, he, he looked good. Zaha on penalties is another one who could be worth considering. We haven't yeah. really spoken much about him, but he on penalties he's he's looking better. Palace in general are looking much better than 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 what they were last season. So I think with a sustained run of good fixtures, I think at some point in time Zaha is going to become a good option as well. Just one thing to monitor with Gallagher is that when Millie was on the pitch, he was taking the set pieces and he took them off. Yes, mm, yes, this, this, that is something. Dense's appeal quite a bit. Yeah. Cool. Just right. one last uh, question. I think Sanchez keep sell on wildcard. Uh, yeah, actually, let's discuss the keeper spot on wildcard because I think it warrants a discussion. For me, uh, the options at 4.5 million are Ramsdale because of the reasons we've spoken about in the previous two parts. And I think Raya is a good option uh, as a keeper in my opinion because of the save potential that he has. They kind of remind me a little bit of Burnley in terms of how well-drilled they are. They don't concede too many big chances. They just concede a lot of shots from outside the box. Liverpool was a different proposition. I think you ignore what happened in that game. Uh, so I reckon it's between these two. What do you boys think? I agree in the same order, probably. Ramsdale, for me, I, I, for me, it's 50-50 between Sanchez and um, 
and and Ramsdale. I'm still not so bullish about getting rid of Sanchez because I I think at 4.5 he's going to continue to offer value for the rest of the season. I'm not sure though whether he's a better option than Ramsdale, and and I really like Ramsdale as well, particularly with the run of fixtures coming up. And Arsenal do tend to concede quite a few shots, so so it's tricky. But but I I don't think you can go wrong with the 4.5 Brighton keeper long term because they will grind out clean sheets. Yeah, Ramsdale's baseline bonus Just, also. Quite good compared. I think anytime Arsenal keep a clean sheet, he's going to be more likely higher in bonus than Ben White, Gabriel, Tommy Asu and stuff. That's what a big attraction. And what worried me about Sanchez is if you're on wildcard now, these are his fixtures. Arsenal at home, Norwich away, City at home, Liverpool away, Newcastle, Aston Villa and Leeds. They don't look very good from a defensive uh, point. Yes, That's uh, a... Pranil, but, but this, is, this is something we discussed, I think, a couple of weeks ago as well, that... And you're buying a keeper on wildcard, he's there till like game week 30. Right. What's the but point of looking at, the at fixtures? fixtures? I mean, there is a point of looking at fixtures because you ultimately you want points right now. Give me my points, as somebody just said. So No, but like, will you, honestly, is off, like looking at you as a manager, will you ever use a transfer on a keeper? If I have no, like, to be 30 in case he doesn't burn. get injured. If I have Bakar, two free transfer, nothing to burn, it... or there is a significant fixture shift, why not? It's very rare you get somebody have you ever like done Martinez. it in the past. Yes. Have you done it in the past? Like, yes. okay, if someone like someone obvious like Martinez comes up, then then yes. But it's it's not as clear cut with Brighton because Dean they will keep. You know, with with uh, uh, with Sanchez, it's not as obvious because Brighton are still going to keep clean sheets. So I I don't think selling him at any point will be obvious. I I think the fact that Brighton have not placed faced any of the top six teams is something you take into consideration. Because they're going to face that huge chunk. And if it's a close call, let's say if it's a 45-55 also, which probably is the case in my head between uh, an Arsenal keeper and a Brighton keeper, then maybe I'd look at the fixtures, is how I'd put it. Yeah, I wouldn't rush to sell, but on wildcard, I don't know if I'd keep. That's what it comes down to. Yeah, Joe uh, from sure. Scout went try and he's been actually very happy with try as a keeper. I just think they, they remind me a little bit of Burnley defensively, so just want to see their performance. Yeah, that save he made of Jota, brilliant. Save of the season, Incredible save. so good, my God, so good. Bakar right. called me after uh, I that save, like yes, no Jota points. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I was. You know, I watched that game <laughs> as as someone who didn't own Jota and as someone who did not have Salah as captain, and. I was like, I aged like a million years in that like 90 minutes. Honestly, it was such a hard watch. Five big chance involvements between Salah and Jota. Like chance after chance, chance after chance. What's worse was that Brentford weren't even sitting back. They kept on attacking, leaving spaces in behind. So it was it was a very tough, tough watch. I tell you what, though, in the last 10 minutes, Brentford looked more likely to score, to score. than uh, yeah. Liverpool do. Liverpool did. Yeah. Spectacular one game. Chance, right? That's Early Salah. contender for game of the season. Definitely up there. Definitely yeah, up there. Yeah. Right. Before we just move on to the captaincy uh, chat, we've got about 900 people in the chat, guys. Make sure you're hitting the like and subscribe button. It uh, helps the YouTube algorithm. It helps us getting found. So even if you're not live, just hit hit the like and subscribe button right now. We'd really appreciate it. Right, captaincy. Uh, right. Let's say all your defenders are fit. Do you make the Ronaldo to Lukaku move? I think That's let's a- discuss that. First in isolation, who's the better captaincy option this week? Quick look at the team data for this again for Everton. I wanted to highlight in terms of XG conceded, they're second so far over the season. So the numbers have actually been pretty good. 
And Bakar, you had some stats also for Everton and Southampton. Yes, the, the stat I had was that Everton are actually Everton and Southampton actually have more or less the same non-penalty xG conceded, um, 4.3 and 4.1. So there's not much of a difference when it comes to their underlying statistics. But what's worth noting is that um, Everton are yet to face any of the sides um, this season who are in the top eight for for xG. While uh, Southampton have had all six of the, those matches against such teams who've been in the top eight for XG this season. So Southampton have had really tough fixtures, while Everton, from a defensive point of view, they've had favorable fixtures. Um, and, and they're yet to be tested against a, a very good side. In my opinion, I watched the Norwich game. They, they, obviously, it was Norwich, so they won. But they look to me a poor poor team without Richarlison and, and Calvert-Lewin. And I think um, United are going to get quite a few chances in this game and I think uh, Ronaldo is probably going to end up scoring as, as far as Chelsea is concerned I also think that Chelsea Chelsea are likely to win against Southampton but I don't think it would be as high scoring honestly at the end of the uh, at the end of the week I don't think there would be too much of a difference between Ronaldo and Lukaku but I think I just about prefer Ronaldo uh, for the captaincy because of um, the fact that Everton looked poor without um, their their key men and um, the fixtures have been great, so I just look wanted to put that big chances conceded stat you mentioned, actually conceded stat you mentioned into context. Makes sense. But I don't know. from captaincy. I hate captaining a player in the early kickoff. I mean, even last week with the Ronaldo blank, no matter what players, you know, your points you get after that is like, oh, yeah, okay, fine. It's, he scored, Rafinha scored, yay, but the captain blanked. It's just a, such a negative start to the game week, right? And ultimately, like, you know, it feels like might be repeating the same mistake again with United Everton, but who knows, Zoni might actually take a penalty this time. Yes, I was going to come to that. Pranil, do you think uh, he's going to take a penalty now over Fernandez? 100%. No doubt about oh. it. Ole, after the game, he sort of did say that um, uh, that Fernandez is, is mentally very uh, strong and he's ready to step up again. Now, what does that iterate? That's his usual standard team. manager's team. Exactly. As you said, Bakar, under Ronaldo. <laughs> Last spot. I don't know, man. I... I, I I don't know, man. Ule, I mean, he might be stubborn, and I, I, I fear he might be stubborn. Yeah, I don't think so. I hope not. No. Zof, how do you see that Southampton game going, though? I'm actually interested in your opinion as a Chelsea fan. Yeah. I know your attacking midfielders haven't been informed, but there's too much quality, and the gulf in quality between the two teams is bigger than the gulf in quality between United and Everton. Is that that's where my head is at the moment? I think you're spot on with regards to that, and also there's bound to be a reaction from the fact that we lost our last hold game pretty badly in which case we didn't have a single shot on target. So there is a bit of an impetus for the team now to put on an attacking display as such. And I do think Southampton missed defense. They aren't as good with Salisu and Bednarek. I think Lukaku can get some joy over there. So I think it's probably a 2-0 to, to Chelsea is how I would see it. Right. You don't see a battering. I don't see us giving a battering, especially because it's going to be so soon after the Juventus game. I think that game might take a lot of energy out of us. You might see subs. If, let's say we go 2 nil 3 up, rest Lukaku after the like, you know, 60th, 70th. This is the minute. kind of game in which Reese James would have been very, very useful, I think. And that's another thing. The supply line is a little bit restricted down. Yeah. Let's say if Mount is injured, you don't have Reese James also. Yeah. Even if he's playing, he's not in the best of form. 
exactly so the terms of creativity are attacking numbers actually haven't been that great lukaku is yeah, getting massive exactly. amounts of shot volume so i'm not saying he's a great pick if today if you had to ask me if like you know al bakar says gun to your head which player would you rather have as captain in your team this week it would be lukaku not ronaldo right but you don't think uh, the difference is big enough to warrant a transfer i think cuz it could it could potentially go the other way you could see ronaldo yeah. scoring lukaku but and for that one transfer especially if you're going to do it before a wild card or something like that you probably address it in some other areas where there's more guaranteed return if you're not wild carding good time to make that move because yeah. you're holding lukaku lukaku henceforth for sure what if you're not wild carding it's not a bad idea you could do it or you could possibly hold a transfer over the international break it's definitely no, I, more I aggressive move I still think there's a case of holding a transfer even if you're not wild card him because over the next two United have Everton and then Leicester haven't looked great at all. We just highlighted how 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 yeah. poor they've been. I Chelsea think be against Jevons 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 back and and they were decent versus City also Leicester Leicester the problem they've always had is they struggle against these mid table and they because they just don't raise their game enough. Usually against the big sides they do generally perform better. I know Brodgers I don't know I I, I don't that. think I don't think there's um, there's an obvious gain to be made by by shifting Ronaldo. Yeah, this week is not that over, obvious. Over it's the next two game weeks, over the next two game weeks, I'm I'm not sure. I think I guess because Brentford. Lester, I, I guess because Brentford, you're rating the Brentford defense quite highly. I guess for the next week as well against Chelsea. No, I like that Brentford fixture to attack for a premium team because Brentford like to play. So exactly I quite like that. That's the same. That's the that's same the point thing. That's that exactly the. I Liverpool. think the fixture for game week eight is significantly better for Lukaku. Then it is Ronaldo. Yeah. I also think it's better this game week because I, I'll tell you what the progression in my head was. I on Sunday uh, I was of the opinion that I actually think the Everton game suits Ronaldo more than the Aston Villa game because we are not as good against good pressing teams. We're better against bus teams. We're much better against bus teams than we used to be a year and a half ago. I think the narrative has changed since Bruno Fernandes and Paul Pogba have come into the team. I don't think creativity is going to be a problem, and you kind of. know that rafa is going to be pragmatic he's going to sit so what is what is going to happen a lot of uh, united is going to have 60 65% possession you're going to see a lot of uh, balls going to bruno going to pogba a lot of ronaldo occupying central positions and uh, if he's not uh, occupying he'll come back deep and take shots but we're going to get majority of the ball it's going to be a more similar game to the newcastle game than it is to the aston villa game in my head So that's that's the thing where I think it's a better fixture than Aston Villa but I still think Lukaku versus Southampton is the better fixture because the gulf in the quality of the teams is higher. I definitely wouldn't make that move for a hit. Uh if you have two playing defenders uh this week and not a third playing defender I'd rather get a third playing defender. I think that's a better use of a transfer. But uh if you don't have any other move to make as of today I'm leaning towards uh making the switch to Lukaku. Yeah, it's interesting because there's so many defender doubts we have even Trent who's a possible doubt we hearing now for the weekend some doubts around shop people have james who might be suspended so it's potentially a way to even gain a step up cuz most people will be doing housekeeping transfers you could get ahead of the curve yeah. if you do that so it's definitely an upside play there yeah and and i and i think there is going to be a heavy variance in terms of the scores because very few people at the moment yes. own both so you're either going if ronaldo starts and blanks and gets four points and lukaku scores a couple of 
goals that's going to be a 20 point difference in either direction whichever yes. way you go depending on whoever performance performs but captaincy I, I, will I, be the most critical thing this week i mean whoever are the winners of the lukaku or the ronaldo camp are are, are basically going to win at this game week i i i honestly think it's the single most important thing this week more than it has been in 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 the any first weeks. six game weeks in any week so far yeah. spot on there yeah. yeah because the swing is brutal right uh yeah. as the the thing you nailed is the fact that those who have ronaldo don't have lukaku and those who have lukaku don't have ronaldo right so yeah. that's that's why it is going to be so so big and so so massive yeah i think uh, i reckon a lot of people are going to base that decision based on the two champions league games as well they're just going to assess that performance yeah. and uh, decide if one scores and the other doesn't i think that's going to direct a lot of transfers in that person's direction as well antonio let's just talk touch upon that is antonio or shout at home to brentford not when ronaldo's playing at home against everton or lukaku's playing at home against southampton i mean let's say assume you don't have lukaku if you have only ronaldo and that's it if like me like you know i really i'm just searching for a reason not to captain him in the early kick off so antonio is no. only other person <laughs> confirmation by itself i own antonio i own himenez i wouldn't consider either or ronaldo at home against everton yeah because you need to that. remember this isn't a fully fit everton team it's an everton team missing their two best attackers so our uh, uh, evobi Uh, Townsend, Gray, and Rondon going to conjure up so much play, and then they're going to dominate. You know for a fact that Liverpool, uh, United are going to have 60, 65% possession in that game. Uh, I think uh, it could also come down to whether we're able to break through them in the first 20, 25 minutes, and that forces Rafa to then change the way he plays the game. I think that also might come into play. Mm. That's true. And Antonio, this is also the Europa League Thursday, Sunday. I don't know. Yeah. They'll be tired against a high energy. Brentford team yeah. might have an impact. Uh, while we're talking about United, we haven't. Uh, while we're talking about uh, United, Ronaldo's uh, off. We haven't spoken about Greenwood. Uh, a lot of people have, have been asking about him as well. So, how do you look at look at we him did. going forward? We did. We did speak about Greenwood, didn't we? I remember Pranil, yeah. you had mentioned yeah. him. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Yes. I do want to mention that we are playing late on a Wednesday night, and we have the early cook-off on Saturday. So th- maybe that leads us to being a little more jaded. Just uh, something. because you guys are playing on the tuesday night and playing saturday at 7 so there's one extra day of didn't rest they, didn't well. they make a rule that they'd stop that the teams playing on wednesday are not going to play the early kick off on saturday but that's What happening happened? yeah that's, that's happening quite, but that's quite so, strange so it's a very short uh, period as well between uh, the two games something worth noting cool sorry to greenwood so just to do recycle the opinion in case anyone missed it i think we said keep for this week but look to sell the week after right yes keep it short cool Let's move on to our teams. Anything else to discuss for this particular week? No, I don't think so. I think we've already clocked what one hour twenty. R twenty. R twenty. Yep, it's usual. <laughs> And you boys said we could do it under sixty. Rubbish. <laughs> First up, I think this is Pranil, your team, right, with Jimenez. Yeah. Yes. So I've got Sanchez as my keeper. I've got Trent, Shaw, and Pereira. uh as uh, my three defenders i've got sala greenwood rafinha and benrama in midfield i've got ronaldo who's currently on the armband antonio and jimenez who's my vice at the moment uh slightly monitoring uh, semedo's little knock that he got i'm hoping that i get lucky with over if i do have three playing defenders i'll be very closely debating the ronaldo to lukaku switch that's where my head will be if i don't i'll be looking to bring in a defender unfortunately i can't bring in a chelsea defender not named christiansen because all of them are above 5 and a half million uh what defender pun do you guys like the most for this game week if you don't mind me asking 
Let me have a quick look at the fixtures yeah. again. I don't remember I, the fixtures one. I I think if you can't afford Semedo. a Chelsea defender, then Semedo. Yeah, I was going to come to that. Semedo is the one. Cool. That's all I had. So that's that's where in I terms of upside, I don't see because you want somebody with upside. I don't think anybody else can find in that bracket who's that and a good fixture. Again. Correct. Did, did you already read yeah. out your team fully? Yes. Cool. Bakar, you're up next. And definitely. No, sorry, this is my team. Ninety-nine percent. Just okay. want to mention ninety-nine percent wild carding on Saturday itself. Looking forward to that. So if you you copy my team every week, you almost forget when you look at your team as if it's I yours. Know, right? I just look at it like yeah, <laughs> this is my team. I actually kept your team at the end because you wanted to discuss some wild card possibilities for yours. Yeah. Usually we do yours first, but sure. we, I've kept that for the end. So Sanchez okay. and goal, Shaw, Trent, and Semedo. Greenwood, Sar, Salah, Rafinha, Benrama, midfield, Antonio, Ronaldo, captain, White, and Ailing as subs. So likely transfer probably going to be Shaw to Alonso, if no other issues. I like Shaw. For I think you can Zoff. afford to do that. that. You can afford. You can afford to do that. I'll tell you, Zoff. Though I like Shaw for this game, especially I, because I I'm, ex- I'm expecting. Uh, Everton to sit. So there's going to be a lot of crossing coming in from that side. He's going to be good for bonus as well. I just like him for this game. Just wanted to tell that. Yeah. But I don't see anybody else. And I want Alonso. I just want... I think now's the right time before I wildcard to get him at least so I can... I th- in my head, uh, the difference between Shaw and Alonso is potentially uh, lesser than Lukaku and Ronaldo. Just... Something Until I like Shaw for this about... game because if yeah. Everton are sitting back, the ball is going to go onto that left hand side and it's going to be a lot of crosses coming on from that left hand side. Completely agree. Yeah. Something to think yeah. about. Zoff, you aren't going to sell Trent though, are you? Trent, no not, no, Trent, the absolute Trent actually tends to do well against City, if I'm not mistaken. A couple of free kick goals, my yeah, memory, no. if my memory serves. Trent has said, even if he's good. injured, if, even if he's missing this week, I'll have White sub on or I'll do some sort of defensive. Yeah, but you're planning to wildcard next week, no? I'm undecided. I think how how the okay. weekends like I probably won't activate it right away on Saturday like how Pranil will. I'll probably see how the weekend goes, see how the Champions League fixtures go, and I'll decide on Sunday. All right, fair enough. Your team up next. I have Sanchez in goal. Um, my defense is Shaw, Alexander Arnold, and and Rudiger. I've bought in for Simakas. Uh, this, Again, this on week. a Saturday night. It's the third consecutive Saturday night transfer, right? Uh, no, 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 not not on Saturday. I think I Sunday. did it on uh, Sunday. Sunday, yeah. Um, but I was gonna get rid of Simakas anyways, and um, I, I just wanted Rudiger, so he so he's in. In midfield, I have Bakar, been Rama. I read a tweet from you where you said, "Don't be trigger happy this week for Champions League games are pending." Yeah, I was. That was primarily targeted towards Shaw's owners, not towards Simicast owners <laughs> like myself, who's who's dead board, right? That's primarily targeted towards Shaw owners. I, in fact, wrote about the word injury. I know. I I wrote about injury news, right? Uh, with Simicast, uh-huh. he's just dead board. So I I just took the opportunity to sell him. Ben Rama, Sar, Salah, Greenwood, uh, Rafinha, Antonio. Uh, Ronaldo captain. In case Shaw is out, I have Dean on the bench who's who's gonna come in. But hopefully he won't be required because I'm I'm sick of the side of him and I, I just want to get rid of him on, on my wild card. He as, hasn't as even done possible. that bad for you. I think he's got to you what two clean sheets in four games. Yeah, and including an own goal, including minus no, one. That's not it's not that bad off. for this much yeah, I mean, of hate. <laughs> 
mean, it's, he hasn't been that great, honestly. I had higher expectations from him. Like, he's given me 12 points over four fixtures. That's nothing, nothing too special. Not, nothing too but special. But anyways, nothing. this is my team. And I, I was... Um, I was wondering uh, what what you guys uh, what you guys would suggest if Shaw is out. Let's assume that Shaw is out because if Shaw is uh, fit, then 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 this team is pretty straightforward, and I don't see it changing. But if uh, Shaw is out, then would you guys um, advise me let, to wildcard? Because Dean Sabin. no, let's say Dean Sabin. Yes. So basically, I'm, I'll have to play Dean, um, Benrama, Greenwood. But what if um, Trent Trent and Shaw? Are? That this is it, right? This that is when I I don't think I have an option but to activate it because I am not going to take a minus. I, I don't agree at all. You are looking at the wild card as too small a tool. It's ultimately just one player. No, because be I'm. Who's going to be? No, you have eleven of ten. You are talking about potentially only one player difference pushing you towards a wild card. I don't think that's enough of a triggering factor. No, Azov. If two players are missing out and I'm, I'm I have to take a hit. Then I don't see the point in delaying the wild card when I'm supposed to make a very similar team next week as well. I don't think your team will be very similar next week. That's the point I'm making. You won't have Benrama, Other than... you won't have Saar, you won't have Greenwood, you won't have Ronaldo, you won't have, let's say. No, no, Sancho. he's saying very similar wild card teams off. Exactly, very similar wild card team. Because Correct. my wild card team, if I wild card this week and if I wild card next week, won't be too different. That's what I'm saying. No, but my point is, you should be losing it... out the fixtures for Ben Rama, Saar, and which are decent fixtures this week, and even Greenwood, you would say, is a decent fixture this week. Yes, this is exactly why I haven't done it because Ben Rama and Greenwood have good fixtures this week, and Saar has a good fixture as well. And those are three players I don't think I will have on wild card. Not even Saar, I don't think I'll have Saar that on is, wild card. That is exactly the point I was making. Maybe I didn't articulate it correctly, but that's exactly the point I was making. And Pakal, if you do decide to wildcard this week, make sure you don't snook yourself out of City assets. I'd have at least two City. Yeah, um, for sure, for sure. Uh, yeah. I have Diaz yeah. uh, or one of Diaz or Cancelo are, are gonna I'll be leave in the third spot at least. Open. And... Leave a third spot yeah. open for City, whatever you do. Don't get like triple City defense or something like that. No, yeah, I, sure. I, no, because a lot of people who are wildcarding this week, they'll look at the Liverpool City fixture and maybe ignore a City spot, spot because yeah. it's uncomfortable to play. Like City. how you mentioned I, with Ted I, yesterday. I remember you told Ted yeah. the same thing yesterday because he had double Chelsea yeah. and and yeah. Trent just because of the immediate fixture. Yeah, exactly. Look at City. And, Definitely. Look and you know, I've, 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 I have such a weak bench that this week I was actually um, scarring through the Norwich forums and the fans actually want Omar Bidele to play. He's going to get you an avalanche is, of points anyway if he plays or not. Hopefully, he's hopefully he bottom. will come in with a mega one-pointer <laughs> this week. But I'll tell you what, this is, we've all been there. When we're so desperate, we've been <laughs> on forums for all kinds of yeah. things. We are looking for any sort of string that we look can look for, any sort yeah. of confirmation bias. That's what makes the game. I actually quite enjoy that when we're doing that peacefully. Right. Yeah, this is the best part about FPL, isn't it? Yeah. I, I personally yeah. quite enjoy it. Yep. All right. But, but hopefully, to... fingers crossed, at least one of Shaw or Trent will be fine. And if that's the case, then I, 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 I'll hold on to the wild card. Right. Let's let's move on to the Q and A. We'll give it five minutes uh, before we uh, shut the stream. Thank you, Isaf Paul Sagu, uh, for your question. Uh, LM, let me know your thoughts on a two game week plan with a minus eight hit. Game week seven, Trent Pamford to Rudiger Lukaku. Game week eight, Jota Masal to Cancelo Saka. I have Reese and CR seven in the team too. Just wild card, I would say. And how do you know he's not used his good... wild card already? Yeah, I mean, if you don't have your wildcard, 
uh, use the wildcard and uh, what do you think you of the transfer? Have your wildcard. Use your wildcard. That didn't make any sense. If you have the wildcard, <laughs> use your wildcard. But I wouldn't sell uh, Trent for a hit. Uh, let Trent yeah. play, but that's the only way he can get Lukaku. I like that minus four then. I just don't know how you can sell Trent though because you'll want him back very soon. Yeah. Agree. Don't don't sell yeah. Trent whatever you do unless we get any sort of confirmation that he's out for an extended period, which it doesn't look like right yeah. now. Yeah, find another way to fund Lukaku. I don't like that move. I don't like losing Trent. And uh, Jota Marcel to Cancelo Saka is all right, but I just don't like the look of those moves. I don't like the look of those moves. Mm. Right, couple more. Super uh, shots, if you so. want Lukaku, I just do Ronaldo to Lukaku. I think uh, you take that gamble. Right. Nikhil Suri sent yeah. it as super chat. Top two Chelsea defenders to get for this run. So we mentioned, we've already discussed this in depth, Nikhil. I think we all had different opinions. I think it's pretty much, you said who? Christensen and? I'd go with one defender and I'd go with uh, one City defender on top. Okay, so top yeah. two, but top two Chelsea defenders, as per me, Alonso and Rudiger. And so, which two of Shaw, Duffy, Semedo would you shell for the two sell for the two Chelsea defenders? I think Duffy is worth keeping just for value. Probably sell the other two. I know. I think the Brighton's fixtures we discussed, right? Not That's for true. me. I guess it depends. Yeah. So if you got Duffy at like four, four, and other, it's not just worth keeping. Like you know, as a fifth exactly. defender, it's not bad. All right, fair shot. As a fifth defender, Duffy is perfectly fine. I think. Also, super chat from Albas89. Thank you. If you had two free transfers and set on wildcard in game week eight, would you punt and go Salah Perica to ESR Lukaku to afford both Ronaldo and Lukaku and bring Salah next week? So basically, getting rid of Salah for a week. <sighs> I don't know. I, I don't know. Yeah, I, I won't do that personally. Pretty much, I think he's using Lukaku. I don't know who he's playing ahead of Perica because it says he's going Salah yeah, to Perica. Wasting to a transfer as well. well he's going to if wild you card. want Lukaku, he's going to wildcard next week. So, Sunday, just for one week, just get rid of Salah and use that money for yeah, Lukaku. Fair. Don't mind it. It's not bad for one week punt at all, I think. Yeah, don't mind. Especially, it. I don't know who he's playing instead of Perica because Matisse says ESR comes in for Perica. I don't know who else he's playing there. Yep. Don't it's mind not it. a bad punt at all. Alright. Yeah, Mihir, exactly the question that uh, Albas asked. Yeah, we don't mind it. Uh, One more from Nikhil, Nikhil Suri. Top two, top two mids under 7 million. Also, we covered, I think, Saka and Rafinha. I yeah. would probably go Rafinha and uh, Gallagher, I think. Yeah, I think you you pick Rafinha and then you pick one from Saka, ESR, Gallagher. From Ashwant yeah. Ramesh, Super Chat. Ronaldo, Traore, Semedo out for Lukaku, Gallagher, Cancelo for negative four. I already have DSR. This doesn't appeal to me this week because I like the fixtures for Traore and Semedo four. this week and Ronaldo as exactly. well. Exactly. Yeah, not for me as well. And Cancelo is away to Liverpool, so I won't do it. Correct. It doesn't make sense for this week. I don't mind it for the week after though. Yeah. Neil's asking my our thoughts on Walker as a city asset. Uh, Nihal, I like all the other three city defenders more than Walker. Yeah, I, the thing is, I've got Walker in fan tracks now, and he has zero almost attacking potential. So, because the fan tracks, you see everything else he does, he's pretty much a center back playing as a like a fullback. He has very little attacking upside. Yeah, not for me. What else? Right. 
is the stream lagging if i'm not mistaken it's a little bit laggy is it i think we can uh, start up from yeah i yeah, think we can cut it fine. short now it's as cool. we push uh, yeah. for 93 minutes guys uh, let's wrap up all right uh, we'll see you next week guys we don't know when we, if we're going to be podding next tuesday watch out for us on twitter we'll let you know when we guys are podding and uh, good luck with your moves and uh, see you soon take care guys any last words boys nothing much see you guys soon good luck enjoy the international break take care we'll boys take care right Social Podcast Network. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere playing at luckylandslots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18+ plus. terms and conditions apply. See website for details.